0: Chapter Five of The Restoration of the Gospel by Osborne J. P. Woodso. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Wayne Cook. An Angel Flying. Three and a half years passed silently by after Joseph Smith received the vision of the Father and the Son. During that time, there was no further communication from heaven. They had received one vision. Joseph stoutly and fearlessly maintained. Neither persuasion nor persecution could break the testimony he had borne, nor dispel the knowledge he had divinely gained. The vision he had seen was real. The knowledge he had gained was real. He could not deny it. For three and a half years after this vision, however, he was apparently shut out from the presence of God. The young seer was left to himself. It was a period of silence. Two things are notable in the conduct of Joseph's life during these years. First, he manifested the same self-control and absence of emotion or excitement that he possessed when he went into the wood to pray. Had he been a victim of the quote, potent influence of the psychological crowd, end quote, he would undoubtedly have suffered from the religious disease and fanaticism common to revival movements the excitement of the revival would have remained with him, as it did with everyone else, for an extended period of time. With the conviction of the glorious vision of the father and the son upon his mind, the boy would undoubtedly have felt still further emotional excitement and would have been led to see further visions after the first one. Moreover, had he become subject to any derangement of mind or disease condition like epilepsy, As has been claimed by some of his defamers, he would have become even more liable to visionary manifestations. It was not so, however. His health was perfect, his self-control complete. For three and a half years the heavens were shut above him. For three and a half years the God of heaven spoke no further word to him. For three and a half years he was left alone to ponder what he had seen, and to bear persecution unaided for testifying to truth. Always he was calm, unruffled, unaffected by religious passion or frenzy. Next, Joseph Smith manifested no desire, even though he had seen and talked with God himself, to arrogate to himself any authority whatsoever. Many others in the history of the world claim to have seen visions. Muhammad, when forty years of age, saw in vision, he says, the angel Gabriel, and was commanded to preach a new religion. The authority to do so, he assumed at once. Joan of Arc, in response to the alleged heavenly voice which spoke to her, hurried to the side of dauphin of France. Emmanuel Swedenberg, after years of scientific activity, began suddenly to herald a new church, and to interpret the word of God in a score of theological works, for, he claimed, the Lord had appeared to him in vision. With Joseph Smith, however, it was different. While he maintained stoutly, against the ridicule of friends even, that he had beheld a vision of the Father and the Son, he did not presume, therefore, to promulgate a new doctrine, or to establish a new church. He continued in the routine of his daily labor. He meditated what the Lord had said to him. He had been told that the sectarian churches in the world were wrong. He might have proceeded to establish a church that should be right. But Joseph had not yet received a full commission. He did not presume to do what undoubtedly he would have done had he been merely a victim of the psychological crowd. For three and a half years he waited for further instructions from the God of heaven. On the evening of the 21st of September, 1823, Joseph Smith approached the Lord God again in secret prayer. This time it was in his private chamber fearing that he had offended God, that he had not walked so circumspectly as he should have done in the light of the revelation he had received, the youth, now in his eighteenth year, besought the Almighty for forgiveness of sin, and for a manifestation that he might know his standing before God. In his own account of what happened there, Joseph says, While I was thus in the act of calling upon God, I discovered a light appearing in my room, which continued to increase until the room was brighter than at noonday, when immediately a personage appeared at my bedside, standing in the air, for his feet did not touch the floor. He had on a loose robe of most exquisite whiteness. It was a whiteness beyond anything earthly I had ever seen, nor do I believe that any earthly thing could be made to appear so exceedingly white and brilliant. His hands were naked, and his arms also, a little above the wrist. So also were his feet naked, as were his legs a little above the ankles. His head and neck were also bare. I could discover that he had no other clothing on but this robe, as it was open so that I could see into his bosom. Not only was his robe exceedingly white, but his whole person was glorious beyond description, and his countenance truly like lightning. The room was exceedingly light but not so very bright as immediately around his person. When I first looked upon him, I was afraid, but the fear soon left me. He called me my name, and said unto me that he was a messenger sent from the presence of God to me, and that his name was Moroni, that God had a work for me to do, and that my name should be had for good and for evil among all nations, kindreds, and tongues, or that it should be both good and evil spoken of among all people he said there was a book deposited, written on gold plates, giving an account of the former inhabitants of this continent, and the source from whence they sprang. He also said that the fullness of the everlasting gospel was contained in it, as delivered by the Saviour to the ancient inhabitants. Also, that there were two stones and silver bows, and these stones, fastened to a breastplate, constituted what is called the Urim and Thummim, deposited with the plates. And the possession and use of these stones were what constituted seers in ancient or former times, and that God had prepared them for the purpose of translating the book. There followed then further instructions based upon the holy scriptures. The angel read and explained portions of the third and fourth chapters of Malachi. The third chapter, predicts the sending of a messenger to prepare the way of the Lord when he shall come suddenly to his temple. The coming will be attended with much glory, and the Lord himself shall purify Israel and purge it of iniquity. The time of the fulfillment of this prophecy, said the angel, was at hand. The fourth chapter of Malachi is particularly interesting as quoted by the angel. The first verse he rendered thus, quote, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly, shall burn as stubble. For they that come shall burn them, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. The fifth and sixth verses he read thus. Behold, I will reveal unto you the priesthood by the hand of Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord and he shall plant in the hearts of the children the promises made to the fathers and the hearts of the children shall turn to the fathers if it were not so the whole earth would be utterly wasted at his coming these predictions too said the angel were about to be fulfilled moroni then quoted the eleventh chapter of isaiah it predicts a day of peace and righteousness when an ensign shall be set up for the gentiles and when the Lord shall set his hand again, the second time to gather his scattered people. This time was at hand, and was about to be fulfilled. Next the angel read from the sermon of Peter on Solomon's porch, quote, For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things, whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. End quote. Acts 3.22.23 This prophecy also was about to have a complete fulfillment. Finally, among many other scriptures, the angel quoted from the great prophecy of Joel. Before the great and terrible day of the Lord, according to this wonderful prediction, the old men shall dream dreams and the young men shall see visions, and wonders shall appear in the heaven and in the earth. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood. But whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Joel 2.28-32. This same prophecy was referred to by Peter on the day of Pentecost, and was possibly in part accomplished then, but the prediction refers unmistakably to the last days, before the great and terrible day of the Lord. Now is the day of Joel's great prophecy, and now, said the angel Moroni, it is about to be fulfilled. Thereupon the vision was closed. Gradually the light assembled from the room about the person of the angel. Then he disappeared into heaven, leaving the room in total darkness. The youth to whom had been given this marvelous manifestation lay wide awake on his bed. Sleep was driven from his eyes. He was filled with amazement at the singularity of the vision and at the doctrines that had been explained to him. Then suddenly, in the midst of his wonder and meditation, the heavenly messenger appeared again. He stood again in the air by the bedside, and repeated minutely all the instructions he had given before. He added predictions concerning the great judgments that should come to the earth, with desolations by famine, sword, and pestilence, and all these things should come during the present generation. Again the vision closed. Again the light centered in the angel as he disappeared and left the room in darkness. The youth lay again, wondering at the marvelous vision, when, to his astonishment, the same divine messenger appeared the third time and repeated all that he had said before. Quote, after this third visit, writes the prophet, he again ascended into heaven as before, and I was again left to ponder on the strangeness of what I had just experienced. When almost immediately after the heavenly messenger had ascended from me the third time, the cock crowed, and I found that day was approaching. End quote. Thus ended the second act in the great drama of the Restoration. Now, what is the significance of this second vision, or of this series of visions? Of what importance is it in the story of man's relationship to God? What bearing has it on the story of the Restoration? First it was declared that the Lord God had a work for Joseph to do. In the first vision, nothing is recorded of the boy's future mission. He had been told merely to join none of the contending churches striving to win his favor. They were corrupt. Now the life-work of the boy is briefly outlined. He is to raise an ensign to the nations, and to become an instrument in the hands of God in bringing about the gathering of Israel. God is to set his hand a second time to recover his people. Moreover, Joseph is to become a prophet to reveal the word and the law of the Lord. His name, therefore, shall become known, for good or for evil, the whole world over. Next, a book, written in a strange tongue on golden plates, is to be delivered to the boy for him to translate. This book contains the history of the inhabitants of the American continent, and will reveal the mysteries of the origin of the American Indian, and of the relics of ancient civilization. Moreover, this book of golden plates contains the fulness of the everlasting gospel as it was taught to the nephites it was taught by jesus himself to the ancient inhabitants of this continent now when the world has departed from the truth it is to be restored by an angel to a divinely chosen prophet of god then the priesthood is to be revealed to joseph smith by the hand of elijah the keys of the dispensation of the turning of the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to their fathers end quote are to be committed into the hands of the prophet joseph this work of which elijah appears to be the director is of a particular kind he shall plant in the hearts of the children the promises made to the fathers and the hearts of the children shall turn to their fathers if it were not so the whole earth would be utterly wasted at the coming of the lord again WONDERFUL SIGNS SHALL APPEAR IN HEAVEN AND IN EARTH IN THE DAYS OF THESE THINGS. DREAMS AND VISIONS SHALL BE GIVEN TO THE OLD AND TO THE YOUNG. THE EARTH SHALL BE TROUBLED, AND THE SUN SHALL BE DARKENED, WHILE THE MOON SHALL BE TURNED TO THE COLOUR OF BLOOD. BLOOD AND FIRE AND PILLAR OF SMOKE SHALL COME TO plague. BUT WHOSOEVER SHALL CALL UPON THE NAME OF THE LORD SHALL BE DELIVERED. FINALLY, GREAT JUDGMENTS SHALL COME UPON THE EARTH judgments of sword, and of famine, and of pestilence, and all these things shall come in the present generation. In this remarkable vision, then, are revealed again seven remarkable truths. A great work is appointed for the young man Joseph Smith to do, and his name is to be known the world over for good or for ill. A book of golden plates containing an account of the ancient inhabitants of America is to be given him to translate. This book, moreover, will contain a fullness of the everlasting gospel which he will be required to teach to the nations. The priesthood will be revealed to him by the hand of Elijah the prophet. Through the operation of the power thus to be committed to the prophet Joseph, the hearts of the children will be turned to the fathers. In these days, strange signs will appear in heaven and in earth. And finally, the great and terrible day of the Lord will then speedily come, with judgments of the sword and of famine and of pestilence, shall visit the earth. Thus did the angel bear a wonderful message to the eighteen-year-old boy, and thus was the great prediction of an angel flying in part fulfilled. Revelation fourteen six 6-7 The far-reaching character of the visions will appear as the story proceeds. Already the boy has received in brief something of most of the great saving principles that distinguish the gospel of Christ. End of chapter 5